everyone. Welcome to Gray Matter, the podcast from Greylock, where we share stories from company builders and business leaders. I'm Heather Mack, head of editorial at Greylock. Today, we're sharing another episode from our friends at Fungible Times, the podcast from Greylock investors Sarah Goa, Christine Kim, and Mike Dubow, where they discuss all things Web3. Their guests are the co-founders of Magic Eden, the leading NFT marketplace on Solana. In less than six months, Magic Eden has risen to more than a billion dollars in secondary trading volume and currently holds more than 95% share of the Solana ecosystem. The company just raised $27 million in Series A funding, and the Greylock team is proud to be among their investors. You can find more episodes of Fungible Times by subscribing on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out their website, fungibletimes.xyz. With that, I'll turn the show over to Fungible Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fungible Times. I'm your host, Christine, and Mike is here. And today we have our guests, Zed and Jack. Jack will be joining us shortly from the NFT Jack's marketplace. Right oh, now. Jack is here. Hey, Jack. JK. Jack and Zed <laughs> here now on the NFT marketplace, Magic Eden. Um, so we're super excited to have you guys on. Thank you guys for coming. Having us guys, um, you guys have been awesome since we met. So super happy to be joining and hanging out together. For those of you that don't know, uh, Magic Eden is an NFT marketplace, like I said, built on Solana. It is the number one marketplace on Solana and it's number two overall behind OpenSea. You guys have been growing like crazy. It's pretty amazing to see you guys grow just since you guys have launched a couple months ago. Um, it's a super fast, super cheap experience, 0% listing yeah, fee, 2% transaction fees. Um, of course, with all the benefits that Solana has, super fast, low gas, everything like that. The mission for Magic Eden is to be the home for the next generation of digital creators with tools like Launchpad, which we will talk about today, and their focus on unique use cases like gaming, which we'll also talk about. Um, so without further ado, let's jump into the pod. Our first section always is Explain to Me Like I'm Five, where we kind of give the background to our users about what you, it is you work on, you know, explain the basics before we dive into the next set of topics. So first question here is what are NFTs and what is the role of an NFT marketplace like Magic Eden? If I stab and then Jack can jump in, but uh, yeah, first of all, super happy to be here. Really excited to talk about this. I think what is an NFT like? So NFT stands for non-fungible token. Um, it's basically just like a unique digital asset is sort of how I describe it. And it's like, as simple as, you know, the, the, the analogy that seems to resonate with my family, at least who are super boomer, super non-crypto native is like, hey, like, what is the reason why you collect anything in the world? Like, whether it's baseball cards or collect, um, you know, Lego, like wh whatever it is, right, as, as a kid or, or, or otherwise. Um, and usually it's because, A, like, you think it's really cool, you think it's special, you, you attach some sort of, um, you know, benefit to it that's emotional, right? And I think what NFTs layer on, it's kind of all of those, all of those elements that are, I think are very primal and very normal in humans, but also layer on this sort of like really, you know, dynamic online community element to all of those things. And, and we're just scratching the surface here. I think um, what is an NFT can kind of like shatter like a lot of boundaries, which I think we'll get into with like gaming and things like that. But fundamentally the stuff that really took off this year is like, hey, here is a digital asset that is rare or has some scarcity to it. And it allows you to be part of this online community that may tweak your interest in some way, uh, whether it's like they're interested in talking about certain things, they're interested in um, uh, have similar interests to you, um, whatever it is. So I think that's sort of how I would describe like what is an NFT and that's, that's what we've seen take off in, in recent times. 
And so for, for many consumers, like their first time interacting with this technology will be through through a marketplace like a Magic Eden or, you know, OpenSea or a handful of others out there or kind of, a you know, um, an integrated marketplace into a project like, you know, NBA Top Shot. Um, what makes Magic Eden different from other marketplaces out there? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think like, um, you know, we think about uh, the product in a few different ways. Um, I think like number one, um, we have this principle of like definitely bringing like a super polished and kind of immersive experience. So today we're probably only at step one of that journey, but we have, um, you know, much more aspirational plans around like design and the user experience. And the kind of the core spirit behind that is, you know, NFTs, you know, should be like the future of art and the sh should be the future of culture on the internet, right? And the way that you experience so many of this uh, new types of media. And we want to create like an experience where you know, users feel immersed, they feel inspired by this like new type of media. Uh, and, and we want to bring that to life. And, you know, we've, we've got a couple examples of that, like in our website now where, you know, we have uh, gaming partners uh, and you can buy the NFT, but then you can play the game as well, like within the marketplace itself. So you can really experience the value that some of these new digital assets can bring to you. So I think like that's the first one. And then the second uh, uh, tenant of this would be, you know, we, be we believe in bringing our product to the users. We don't have to have all of the users come to us. So we have this kind of philosophy around like, maybe Magic Eden should be thought more as a network rather than as like a first party app. And so we have done a couple of initiatives around like putting our app inside other major consumer apps where, you know, that type of audience will find our uh, uh, functionality or feature is relevant. So one of the latest examples of that would be like, now you can have magic. Now you can experience Magic Eden inside Exodus, like one of the biggest, you know, consumer cross-chain wallets, with uh, six million users or so. So, you know, those users can come into the Exodus, Exodus wallet and experience the Magic Eden experience. And we've got a couple of other examples of that, where, you know, uh, for example, Radium, which is kind of like the Uniswap of Solana, those users can also ex experience uh, Magic Eden uh, uh, NFT experience within, you know, the the, the Radium experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I mean, we have a core first party app and I think like, yeah, best user experience, all the things that Christine was mentioning at the beginning that is really important to us. It's like, what is that, what is that experience to make it as easy and seamless as possible? And I think we all felt this way when we first started using stuff on Solana. It's like the instant delight of being able to send transactions quickly, the instant delight of being able to like just do things, do things fast and cheaply. So um, we feel like all of those tenants resonate really well with like a, a consumer app that we're building and ultimately it's like a consumer app with social elements with community elements with um, underlying crypto elements and web3 elements but like we're kind of combining all those things to make it a really nice experience hopefully that's so many themes that i would love to dig into during today's conversation but i feel like at a meta level the things that is the thing that's cool about nfts and this aspect of interop interoperability and being able to use it in a lot of different environments and the fact that you can own your game assets. Like that's just one theme that I think makes NFTs cool, but it's interesting that you guys are also incorporating that into your product vision in how you operate and collaborate with other interfaces or other applications like wallets or Radium, big fan of what they're working on as well. So that's awesome. Um, as users are listening to this podcast, I'm sure that some of them are gonna wonder how they get started on Magic Eden or how do they buy their first NFT? So what are some of the tools, um, you know, wallets or things that a user would need to get started? I have been in the seat of trying to get people onboarded onto the space and typically the first thing that they wanna do 
is buy an NFT. Love to hear it. Yeah, I think the first thing you need is just a, a wallet, right? A wallet that supports Solana. Um, and Phantom, you know, good friends with those guys. They're the biggest wallet um, uh, on Solana at the moment. That's the most common way that people access Magic Eden. Um, soon we'll have uh, a mobile app, which will be hopefully a more delightful and, and an easy way to access Magic Eden, which we can talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but really, it's just a wallet. You need some soul, and then you're ready to get going. And then you're in this weird and wonderful world of like collections and communities on Twitter and Discord, and and, and hopefully on Magic Eden too, where you're discovering uh, new and wonderful things. Um, I I still like even today, like I land on Magic Eden every day, and I'm like, oh my god, there's so many things to to look at. There's so many things to consume. There's so many things to just learn about. And that's that for me is like the most exciting thing. And the beauty of it is that like, yeah, I think it's just have a wallet, have some soul and, and you're good to go. And I think um, we'll hopefully make that experience a lot easier over time so that, you know, you don't even need to need to go through those steps. Uh, but, but yeah, that's the, that's the experience today. Yeah. I'll probably add one thing. Like um, I think like uh, uh, sometimes for users, you want to have them feel this like emotional rush, right. From your product. That's when like, it really feels uh, you know, they're getting super psyched and super excited for that. So like Launchpad, our like kind of primary mint product where uh, users can, you know, get something from the creator for the first time. The creator is like, you know, dropping something uh, to the community first time. That really feels to me like a, like an emotional, like kind of like apex moment where like people, there's a countdown, you know, it's like a New Year's, New Year's countdown, right? They're like, oh, when is this mint going to drop? And then they know it's going to be a race to mint something and, and get something really exciting. I feel like uh, that could be a pretty, pretty, pretty interesting and pretty impactful like entry point for, for users to experience NFTs on Magic Eden for the first time. So how about if, if you flip to the other side of the marketplace and talk about the creator side for a moment, high level, like what's the what's the end-end process to create Mint, start selling your first NFTs as a creator on Magic Eden? Uh, hopefully it's fairly seamless. I mean, one of the things that we're really interested in building and we've started to build already is like, and I think like a lot of people don't see this, it's sort of the unsexy stuff, right? Which is like tooling. It, ultimately it's creator tooling. And we're like, you know, like complete, complete and utter like, you know, fans of just making things easy for both sides of the, of the marketplace, right? So um, on, the, on this tooling side, it's like, hey, like creators don't want to interact with contracts and programs. Like that's not something they should have to do, right? It should be as easy as, you know, like how the same way that people like post things on Instagram or, you know, send each other files, right? It's like, it shouldn't be some weird convoluted process that requires code. So the experience today on Magic Eden is, is actually pretty straightforward. And I think there's a, a lot more we can do, but it's basically, you know, you obviously the, the creative conceptual process is all on the creative side. They figure out what they want to do, how they want to engage their community, you know, what it is that they actually want to drop. And then once those files are, are ready, like whether it's Check a video, whether it's an MP4, whether it's like just a, a JPEG file, PNG, send that across to Magic Eden. And imagine it's like, it's almost like a Google Drive Dropbox experience where you drag and drop files into, into a certain place, right? And then you specify like, yep, this is the name of the collection. These are the parameters around it. It's gonna cost one soul. There's a thousand items and it's happening on this day. And, um, that's it. That's the experience. So as a creator, it's like, it's, it's almost stepping through like a, a very, very clean flow. And then we're really keen to build actually a whole bunch of things around that. So like the creator creates this collection, 
engages their community. And then there's probably some sort of tooling and dashboard that allows them to like manage a lot of these collections, right? How do they then engage the different members of each of these communities where they've um, dropped NFTs to? Uh, and then it becomes a little bit more social, right? And I think those are different areas that um, get really, really interesting and really fun. Um, Cause it's not just, you know, marketplaces today are just like commerce, right? Mm. People think about marketplaces like I go there to buy and sell, but that's true for a lot of like consumer goods, typically in Web2. But that is not what NFTs are. I think NFTs may feel that way today just because they started off as like something you can buy and sell. But that's like the actual very naive use case. The, the real use case here is actually like how do you engage communities and build communities? Mm -hmm. And these are elements and layers that I think live on top of the marketplace and become like making a really, really rich experience. Mm -hmm. So this is probably a good jumping off point to some of like the deeper, you know, some of the deeper dives. There's a few areas that, you know, we'd love to, you know, really double click on here now that we're past the explain to me like I'm five part of the part of the program. Um, but, you know, one of the tensions with with I think Web3 Marketplace overall is like, you know, this centralization versus decentralization theme. And so like there's a tension between being an aggregator, which is one of the primary roles of a marketplace, right? You're aggregating demand um, um, and supply and and, you know, uh, versus like, you know, the spirit of Web3 being around decentralization. I think there's a couple of different ways this can manifest with with marketplaces and, you know, what you're working on. Like one of them is, you know, um, actually having the embedded kind of marketplace place. You're actually building a platform to help other, you know, projects launch their own uh, embedded marketplace. And I'll let you talk about maybe some of where that's happening already. But the other is how you think about kind of ownership um, of the community participants over, you know, over Magic Eden. And I guess, you know, um, maybe without preempting the question too much, like how do you guys think about, about this tension here between, between, you know, demand aggregation and decentralization and how do you intend to kind of build, build magic even for the long haul on that vector? I can, I can kick off and then, um, yeah, as you feel free to jump in. So I think like, look, uh, as in our core DNA, we do believe in like, you know, the winners in web three will not look like the winners in web two. Right. And like, we want to lean into that. We want to lean into like new emerging kind of behavior rather than take uh, like a lot of the analogies from Web2 and like copy and paste them here. But of course we come from this like, you know, like strong like consumer product, this kind of background where, you know, ultimately users want like polished, uh, uh, you know, experiences with where, you, you know, they're getting like a lot of deep value from the product. That doesn't change whether it's in Web3 or Web2. So you got to build things that's helpful for people and you got to build things that's easy to use for people. Like that, those tenants are both important, but they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. So when we think about like, you know, uh, Web3 over Web2, right? As maybe one of these like core DNA tenants we have, we believe in like, let's say, uh, community over centralization. We believe in like composability and partnerships over build it yourself. And that already manifests in the way that we think about building the product. So one of the things that we released earlier, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, was our approach to like trust and safety and listings. Because uh, that, you know, when you talk about centralization, that is one of the most, uh, like the biggest spikes where like centralization becomes a, a discussion point because, you know, we, we control like listing decisions, right? And that uh, we, we are seen as like central operators of what is worthy of a listing and what's not. Our approach is to use this like community oriented rather than centralized kind of philosophy. Even though today we are centralized and we are centralized because we want to uh, 
uh, ensure there is a layer of trust, safety, authenticity of the works on our platform. And today, because of you know, we're like scaling up, everything's on fire, we have to do that in a central process. But the philosophy of how we want to put that into the future is open listings, uh, but open listings in a way that where we still give different signals to our users to say, hey, not all listings, even if they are open and anyone can list, not all listings are created equal. We will help users differentiate what is a quality listing and what is a default open listing and what is max level quality listing. And we can give people different types of badges along the way based on you know, kind of objective criteria. Another like manifestation of this is, you know, one of the signals to quality is around, you know, the, whether the creator has been doxxed or not, you know, whether the creator has, you know, uh, KYC themselves so that they're, they're willing to, you know, uh, represent their true self to the community. We don't believe in building those uh, KYC or doxing processes ourselves, because that would, again, be another point of centralization. And instead, we have partnered with Civic, which is another ecosystem partner, to ensure their product is integrated and we surface those signals to our users. So I, I, you know, I guess like crystallizing all, all this, we do believe in like, uh, like you know, community first, empowering users or empowering the community with the right information so they can make decisions. But at the same time, we know that, hey, like, Users want polish. Users want to trade in a trusted and safe kind of platform. Users want quality signals, and we want to provide a, a product experience that still gives that to them. And we don't necessarily believe those two things are, are strictly mutually exclusive. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I'd add is like similar to the point earlier around um, like Magic Eden as a first party app is one thing, but, but really what it is is like it's kind of just like a liquidity protocol at the end of the day, right? And that liquidity can be shared and utilized in a bunch of different places an example of this which we'll get into is like you know in-game marketplace that lists a bunch of items right that all the items that are listed in an in-game marketplace are also listed on a magic uh in our magic Eden first party app so that's an example of like yeah it doesn't all live centrally in one place ultimately like where that liquidity sits it's actually in a liquidity protocol which is magic eden it just so happens that most people access the day through the first party app but we're actually seeing more and more examples where um, this is not the case. And, and we're actually very happy about this, right? It's like the Exodus integration. It's like, um, we'll be building the in-game marketplace for many nations, um, which is one of the biggest uh, games on the Solana. Um, uh, collections have their own, um, their own marketplaces too, which we've uh, helped them white label. So there's all these different sort of ecosystem partners that will end up using Magic Eden in, in different ways. And then as an end user, look, you should just access the item however way you want to. And whether that's on Magic Eden's first party app where we'll build certain beautiful experiences or it's just directly in the game. Like I, I'm in an FPS and I'm like shooting someone, like I need to get a better weapon. Like I need to do it right there. And like that makes total sense too. So uh, all of that should be all within kind of this like world of liquidity that um, that hopefully, yeah, we'd love, to, we'd love to contribute to the ecosystem. Yeah, the embedded marketplace vision really makes sense to me for games where you know, I can imagine, especially in a simulation game where you're playing or a role-playing game, you just walk to your merchant's store and then just buy the assets or the shields that you need right there without leaving the ecosystem of your game. Um, it totally makes sense to me. And um, I have two fighters for Mini Nation, so I'm, I'm very excited about that game. It's a, it's a really fun one to watch. And I found, I found out about it um, through Magic Eden. So everyone, if you're listening, subscribe to their launch updates because you can get some intel on exciting new projects coming out. 
Um, but yeah, I would actually love to chat a little bit more about that topic, gaming in general. So why, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting things that you guys are building around gaming, you know, embedded marketplaces, or you definitely seems like there's a specific focus. Um, could you talk a little bit more about why it makes sense to just focus on a vertical in general? And maybe are there other verticals that you're interested in? Or, you know, are there unique challenges or opportunities within gaming in particular that make sense for that to be such a core focus for you guys? I can kick off. Yeah. yeah. Off, yeah. So I, I think like the reason I think gaming is interesting is um, like if you think about NFTs in general, it's like this the reason it's becoming popular or has become popular is because it's it, it's very social and it's very community oriented. And like, if you think about categories, um, you know, g games have always been extremely community driven and extremely social, right? That's true today. Take out crypto entirely. That's just true of games. Like, um, and when you layer on kind of crypto elements to it, yeah, obviously it, it, it makes, starts to make a ton of sense. Um, so there's basically broadly three ways that we're really excited to work with games on. And actually, this is one of the reasons that we were very intentional about building on a place like Solana. It's because we, we were really excited by the pipeline of games that were coming through. Um, and uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're really close with the Solana Foundation and we talk to them regularly about sort of like what, what, are, the, what are the best and coolest games that are coming through. Um, so there's three things. Like number one is like um, we, help, we help these games launch their collections, their items, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to do with NFTs. Like I'll use mini nations as an example, because we've been talking about it, but like for them, it's like they have in-game characters, which you can immediately use in the game. They'll be dropping weapons. They'll be dropping shields. They'll be dropping all kinds of things, skins. Um, all of that is, you know, imagine it's sort of all the stuff that you would expect that like a, a Fortnite or a PUBG would, would, would have, but all of this stuff is like true ownership because it's, it's actually yours and in your own wallet. Um, so that's the first thing. It's like helping games drop their their collections and items. The second thing is like powering their in-game marketplaces because users shouldn't need to leave the end-to-end -end gaming experience in order to um, in order to transact and do the things that they need to do to be successful in their game. Um, so part of this is, you know, we will then like offer a set of APIs, allow games to integrate and use the underlying marketplace functionality that we've built and allows them to just focus on what they're really good at, which is like building a really, really fun game. And then for us, like we handle all the boring stuff like RPC nodes and like infrastructure and like all of that stuff, right? All the contract calls, um, we can just handle all of that. Uh, it's stuff we were, our first party app is already using. Um, and then the third thing, which we're pretty excited about is like to Jack's earlier point about like creating immersive experiences. It's like, you want to land on a, a marketplace and, and we have like, pretty large distribution now just because so many people are coming into the app to like buy and sell NFTs. But part of this is like, hey, like how do you make this really fun and exciting and feel feel the real value? And and what we started to do is actually just embed games directly into Magic Eden. So when you land on Mini Nations today, the collection page, you'll see a button that says play now. And that button is right next to like the collection items. <laughs> so it's like, I get there. I'm like, well, this Viking looks really cool. I can buy the Viking, hit a tab. And I'm, I'm in the game with playing as my Viking. 
So that sort of stuff, it's like, it seems really naive. But... My, my typical user journey is I go and play the game. I realize I suck. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like getting killed 30 times in a row. And I'm like, dude, I battle need that up. Yeah. legendary <laughs> battle axe in AK-47 right now. So it's true. It's true. It's true. Alex, uh, if you're listening, Alex is the founder of Mini Nations. He needs to like nerf. Like, yeah, he needs yeah. to like let us yeah. play against level threes, not yeah. level 40s. Yeah, exactly. There needs to be some better player match. <laughs> no, but like the, I think the point there is that it's like, yeah, it's fun. It's immersive. And like you can feel what it, what it means to like use NFTs right away. It's not just like I'm buying an abstract profile picture. Like that, that's, that can be fun too in many ways because it's a community thing. But like this is tangible. It's like, whoa, I'm, I can actually I'm yeah. better at this game now. Cause yeah. I, like, you feel the value, yeah. right? Of yeah. The well, I think that this like instant gratification, instant utility, like low cost of transaction, like all these things actually bode very well for Solana um, as well, obviously. And I think you guys are sitting at a, like a really interesting position to just have a purview over a lot of the projects that are basically all the projects that are happening on Solana and kind of how the ecosystem is forming. It's all been relatively recent. Like it feels like NFTs on Solana are kind of having their moment over the last few months now. Like, what do you think? Um, maybe you could comment on like the state of affairs there. Like, I think, you know, there was a point in time several months ago when it was kind of like, you know, a lot of the copycat projects. Um, uh, and now it's kind of like, you know, the communities forming around some of these are, are um, you know, super engaged, healthy, you know, there's, um, it just seems like there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. And so how do you think like the evolution of NFTs on Solana will, will mirror or diverge kind of what's been happening on Ethereum? And maybe you have some comments on kind of like, you know, what this multi-chain world looks like in the future. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick off on that one. I think like one, we're super bullish and, um, uh, on Solana. We're like, you know, we, we were very intentional with our choice to, to pick this chain. I think like, um, there's no like simple answer like or like no simple assessment here right like in some ways i think some parts of the solana ecosystem is still like drawing analogies of like what's happening from eth and like you know they they bring over like techniques that they've seen that works in other aspects um eth like we're actually seeing some some things where like eth creators maybe are seeing oh like solana has because of its you know uh like fast throughput low transaction fees allows them to uh create some like new innovations that, uh, that, that, you know, or, or, or bring their ideas to life in a way that, you know, they, it wasn't as, uh, as restrictive on ETH and they're bringing uh, their company over. So there's a, definitely a few big name kind of like ETH creators that's coming over as well. And I think like the third bucket would be like, maybe Solana just in and of itself will have some real, really like native behavior that would just completely emerge in, a, in, a, in, a, in and of itself. And one of the areas that we're super interested in is like DAO formation, basically, where, you know, like NFT is super social. It's like, it's about bantering, right? Like, it's like Discord, like people, uh, you know, like uh, flaming each other and, and like, you know, uh, talking shop and stuff. And like, when you go into like ETH DAOs, like if you create something on Aragon, it's like pretty serious stuff, right? Like people are voting on like how to use the money, like, and that's probably because it just costs quite a lot of money to like actually have something uh, voted on chain. Whereas we think that, hey, like maybe there's because of the super like cost efficient uh, uh, properties of Solana, there is, you know, it's just people are talking about like engaging DAOs in like much more social, much more casual kind of ways. And that actually mimics really well with some of the uh, community behavior that we see, we see in NFTs. So, but overall, like super bullish, I think. Yeah, like, I mean, I think definitely there's, this is how it happens with most chains, right? Like, I think 
the there's early adopters and it goes through sort of a phase where like it's really easy to just rip what's been done previously and then you get to a phase where it's like people start to realize like oh shit like this community is like pretty fun it's, it's here to stay it's not going anywhere and i think we're like we're at that point now like a lot of people feel that way and you talk to a lot of the og sort of like people who own and i'll name some collections here people may or may not be familiar with them but it's like you talk to the og sort of you know Thugbirds or like solana monkey business and these sorts of collections now that you know seemed kind of really basic and not that interesting at the beginning but like it's not even about the collection anymore it's about like these DAOs have become pretty fun exciting you know dynamic places where people are discussing cool ideas like the Thugbirds now have like a total big incubator program for like artists to come and drop their art using the Thugbirds community as a, a lever to drop those collections right and like these are organic things that are happening and um, we're excited because like the, the the meta point is that you know the cost of experimentation on on somewhere like ETH is really high and if the cost is high you're just less willing to do it right whereas on Solana if the if the cost of exper experimentation is low people are just more willing to try and that can manifest in many different ways it can manifest in like I'm willing to drop a collection it can manifest in like I'm willing to create social DAOs it, it yeah I mean we don't even know basically mm. is like kind of the point and and I think that's okay like we'll acknowledge that but like we, we're just really excited by that and um, we'll go where the creators go. It's kind of like the fundamental thing here. And like, we're pretty excited. Like we're, we've passed the point now where Solana is like, what are people doing there? It's it's now like, oh, cool. Like there's some cool stuff happening and uh, it's here to stay. Yeah, the cost of experimentation point is a really good one. Like if you look at parallels between like what gave rise to a lot of the big kind of web two consumer internet plays, it was, you know, the advent of, of you know, modern experimentation frameworks and growth teams and such to really like, you know, reduce the cost of, of kind of, asking and answering questions. I think there are actually parallels to like how some of these communities are forming. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's a really, it's a really good, good insight and way of framing. I'm cognizant that we're like running up against time here. Uh, and so I don't know, um, maybe uh, we could hop to like a lightning round of a few final questions. I think one of the things I want to make sure we hit before that though, was like, you know, um, you all are architected um, in a way where you can start to become very mobile native and mobile first. And I think it's really interesting that if you look at, you know, where we are with Web3, a lot of activity is still kind of happening um, on desktop. And yet, you know, those of us who have gotten the chance to experiment with like Phantom's wallet um, and and kind of, you know, we, we and we just had Rainbow on the pod, you could kind of start to see glimmers of, of kind of what, you know, a mobile native like Web3 world could look like. What is your point of view on that? And maybe maybe you could comment on what's coming up with Magic Eden on the mobile side. So we're, um, we want to lean super hard into mobile and like we, you know, we want to be like mobile first, probably uh, like majority of our volume and activity and user base should be on mobile. And I think it just makes sense a lot, like from a user perspective where yeah, like users, their, their time and attention and activity is already on mobile, right? And then NFTs is, you know, you don't, you shouldn't be like, have to pull out your laptop to like, to do some trading, like join a mint, right? You should be able to do it on the go, like on the bus, like, you know, on the train uh, and, and, um, and, 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 and engage. And then I think like um, mobile, like and NFTs just have some really, really nice synergies. Like you can think about like NFTs as 
like a ticket, right? Or your like virtual identity uh, or your offline identity. And we, we experienced that actually uh, at Solana Breakpoint where there were so many events hosted by like our collection partners and you had to hold the NFT to join. But then yeah, uh, in order to go to the event, I had to like, you know, we had to go like get a ticket from Eventbrite, like then upload some like, you know, our own wallet address for a verification. But really it should be like a mobile app that, you know, you show at the door, right? So there's some really nice synergies in the behavior there and that, that could be unlocked. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we're like, we, we want to lean into mobile and yeah, we have an Android like private beta uh, right now and iOS is coming soon. So, you know, super, super psyched about that. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I feel like from my standpoint, it's, you want to be able to do all the stuff on the go and in, in the, in a way that you already just consume all your other kind of apps. Right. And like, minting on mobile is something we're really excited about because like there's this amazing rush and excitement when these things happen and you shouldn't need to like pull out your laptop and like connect a browser wallet it's like <laughs> such a weird behavior yeah um so yeah super excited about that and all of the native functionality on on magic Eden's web app today like on yeah. mobile so yeah uh, yeah i i have had probably one or two experiences where like you set your alarm for like 5 a.m because the mint is happening yes. at a certain time and I'm yes. there in my like with my laptop in bed. I'm like, this. there has to be a better way. Um, yes. So phones exactly. will make up. Exactly. <laughs> and like a lot of this stuff is so social, right? And like on, on, on your phone, you have access to like contact book, like different other like communication apps and stuff. You know, how many times have you like joined a mint and then you're like talking to your friend on this chat app on the side, you're going, did you get it or did yeah. you not get it? And like, there's like disappointment i'm usually disappointed because my like i have butter fingers i can't like do capture <laughs> fast and then someone else on our team will like get five right and that kind of experience you know you can feasibly really think about it looking on mobile so yeah or get one for me like that kind of behavior which you could do with your yeah. friends yeah mike and i have back channels all the time about projects that we're buying into <laughs> so can totally relate <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's awesome, guys. Well, so last round, we'll just do a quick lightning round to wrap it up. These are a little bit of fun questions that we love to ask everyone who comes on. So the first one real quick is how or when did you guys get into crypto? Maybe when, just to keep it quick. Me, 2017. Yeah, uh, I joined DYDX. Uh, that was my entry point. Extre I went like, I was the, uh, of the opinion of like, let's go real deep, <laughs> real fast, um, rather than like, you know, start reading. So Jump in on the deep end. Yep. Yeah. I think I was dabbling like in, in 2017, like just buying tokens and stuff, but like more full-time stuff, uh, 2021, yeah. Worked at uh, FTX and then did Magic Eater. Yeah. Maybe uh, one piece of advice, the number one piece of advice you have for new uh, founders kind of starting to build on Web3 right now. The opportunity is endless and like execution speed and experimentation is by far the most important thing. Um, I mean, we're obviously astounded by how quickly Magic Eden has grown, but like behind all of that is uh, a, a sort of DNA that like, like velocity. And I think that's something that, you know, um, in the early days of building in DeFi, at least from my experience, it was like people were building protocols and the cycles were long. But now that a lot of the infra underlying is pretty, is pretty good and you can start building quickly and you can start sort of taking the same principles around building and shipping fast. And um, yeah, I would say that's by far the most important thing. Yeah. I was gonna say exactly the same. Thing. Yeah, like time, time is of the essence. Yeah, like don't don't overthink it. There's no grand strategy of the crypto universe. Just start shipping, and then see what happens. Yeah, yeah. All right, you heard it here first. Start now is the advice. <laughs> time is of the essence. 
I love it. Last project of light, or last question of the lightning round is, what's your latest purchase, favorite NFT? We named a few names on in this conversation, but anyone, anything else you'd like to call out? So like the latest one I bought was a, is a friendly frog social club. Um, it, the reason I bought it, so like we, you know, Andy, um, who is the founder of that collection, uh, she's actually on our marketing team. She started this collection a while back before she joined Magic Eden. But the whole goal is just like, it's meant to be a, just a fun, supportive place to, to hang out. No, no, not like trading shop talk, any of that stuff. It's just like a fun community. Let's just be friends kind of thing. So um, I love that. I love them. And then, yeah, my all-time favorite, the team... <laughs> The team gives me a lot of, yeah. You know, it's a sponsor, sponsor post. It's not coming. a sponsor, it's a sponsor post. I, just, <laughs> I love the Thug Birds. I'm a big Thug fan. You, yeah. You'll see me rocking my Thug stuff all the time. Um, yeah. Team, team gives me gives me a hard time <laughs> for it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, I think I'm just salty because I obviously like another collection. I get no love from that <laughs> collection at all. Uh, yeah, mine, my latest was Soul Sisters. Uh, it was like we're doing a, a Christmas wrap, like a, a secret Santa kind of thing, but with NFTs. Uh, and I gave a Soul Sister to one of our team members who's been amazing. And um, it, it's a similar vibe, like very wholesome. And the Soul Sister was, um, it was a lady and had like, rainbows and stuff in the background because uh this this particular team member is like super cheery always brings this really sunny vibe to the team but then the actual like uh like the the, for, the, the main character is this girl with like grills and she's like, like give me a smirk because she's like she's such a badass <laughs> she gets shit done uh within our company so you know, wanted to give that one to her yeah. i love it we got to see those we'll put the links to them in the show notes um, thank you guys so much again for the time. This has been an amazing chat. Um, hope everyone that's listening enjoyed it as well. And until then, we'll see you next time. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks thank so much, you. guys.